Have you ever uh, used a bidet? No. You've never used no. it? Does it does it sound at first like just a terrible idea and an uncomfortable experience? Or does it sound like something that would be great? I would put it in the category of engineering-wise, I can see how it could be a benefit. Uh-huh. And at the same time, hmm, that might be a little weird. I don't know. Like, it's not something that I'm running out to install. But yeah. at the same time, like, it's been very popular in the last year. Like, I see, like, there's a guy who reviews cameras and as he was, he was doing a blog and he was showing how he was installing his bidet. And, and he's like, yeah, it's a better way to be. And I believe him, but it still seems a little weird. It's just a little weird. I don't know how I would feel with such a wet bottom, but, uh, but I don't know why, why Dave in, in, uh, when I went to Taiwan, I, every toilet basically has a bidet. Now it's culturally the norm. So when you say that, when I was a kid, they say you're freezing. I'm sorry. Okay. What was that? Are you freezing? I don't know. Am I? I feel warm, but, uh, no, I, I, right now it's okay. Um, I think it was the zoom. Yeah, it's possible. So when I was a kid, you hear that water squirts and hits your bottom, right? I was mm-hmm. under the impression that it's like this squirt gun in the toilet that like you sit on it and it's like you flush and instead of going down, it's going up. And it's like, that mm-hmm. sounds like a horrible, horrible experience. Yeah. But what I have well, seen recently looks like a, like a little squirt gun, like, like a hose that you just yeah. kind of stick it up and turn it on. But uh, I don't know. <laughs> Admittedly, I've never done it, so I don't know the process. But but in Taiwan, yeah, well, I mean, I was like, is it a hose or is it some sort of contraption in the toilet that's spraying up? Yeah, it's a contraption in the toilet that's spraying up huh. that comes from the seat. And um, I was scared to try it because I thought, Oh, that just sounds terrible. Okay. And so you see it, but then it was always there. So after a couple times of me not doing it, I was like, well, let's just see. And so you push it and all of a sudden, yeah, you've got like Mount this Rushmore. water, <laughs> but it is, it is so great. It's like, oh, wow. And you can just, it's all gets all perfectly clean. And so then you have a wet butt, but then all of a sudden the toilet paper just becomes now a drying agent huh. and an inspection. And what happens is you, you just do this and it's like a white glove test. It comes back spotless and it's like, oh Yes. That is nice. And when like you imagine the sensation of it because you think the sensation is going to be uncomfortable or surprising or something, all of those, it is, it is not, it is like 
for the first time, the right tool is being used. Hmm. And I'll it tell you what, be warm. I, it's going to be cold. That's where you're wrong, my friend. What do you mean I'm wrong? So my, my, uh, my sister has like this really expensive one and that's cost prohibitive. It's like a thousand dollars or something like that. And it's like, well, you know, it was actually like, I think 1200 or something like that. And I was like, oh, that's a lot. I like them. When I came back from Taiwan, I'm like, I'm going to start a business because everyone in America will have this in five years, 10 years, because it'll, it'll sweep. Because once people get used to it, it is way, way better. So I bought, I found this one that has, it was 650, which is still a lot. But let me tell you what, the seat is warm. So when you sit down, it's already nicely preheated. It's got a remote control. It's always so warm? You're right. Like, like yeah. you can surprise it and sit on it, it's always warm? I that's, Yeah. That's kind of. You just go, and it's nice and warm. It's nice. And then it has a little fan in it for deodorizer fan. So you can turn that on and it's deodorizing whatever's happening down there so that it's not like stinking Where is it going? No, this this is it's got a little internal filter fan. This is nonsensical. Like like it's got a fan blowing blowing it where, right? Like the whole bathroom stinks. It's just circulating the stink. I think it's going, it's, it's just like a filter. It's like a, it's like an air purifier. Kind oh, of thing. so now you got a filter with all sorts of stank in it and that's not going to so, feel good. You're going to have to change yeah. that. You're going to have to reach in and change that, that no. filter with all no. the stank. No. I, don't, I don't, I'm not for this. All right, keep going. The water, <laughs> warm, unlimited free, unlimited warm water. The thing goes up into the seat and goes through heating coils and it's nice and warm on you. Okay. And uh, then when it's done, it has the fan goes the other way and it's a dryer. So you can sit there and wait until you're perfectly dry. You don't actually need toilet paper at all. And the bottom line is, you know, I'm still going to do the inspection. Yeah, you know what? That f- when it, the fan goes backwards. Two squares. Backwards. Two squares. You, you have that backwards fan coming out of the, this nasty, stinky filter, blowing onto your bottom. You know what it's There's spraying on There's nothing going into the filter. What do you think that stink is? Air. Okay. You, Methane. No. No. When you smell things, it is particles getting into your nose. No, it's not. Yes, it is. That is not science. It's science. It's methane. <laughs> it's not particles. You might want it to when be someone farts, when, you're, when someone farts, you're not s- snorting up poop particles. Yes. That's crazy. No, that's for I real. I guarantee that's no, wrong. No, it's true. I guarantee that's wrong. You're Shame on you for being a public school teacher and saying that's poop particles going in your nose. Uh, uh, you've been smelling poop particles. No. <laughs> it's the air. Well, Steve, I think you should never get one. Fair enough. But I'll tell you what, changed my life. So, it is uh, it is worth every dollar. So you recently bought one of these and installed it? I just installed it today. Oh. And um, it's amazing. I'll never live without it again. So where is it spraying from? I was still under the impression it's some sort of hose. Yeah, it's it's got a little it's got a little arm that goes. Spray. It moves out and sprays? Yes. Does yeah. it spray it as it? It goes right up, 
Goes goes right up underneath you. No. Waits till it's there. And then it goes back in its house. One of these days when the robots take over, that's not what's going to happen. <laughs> you aren't going to get sprayed. It's, it's going to do something a little worse to you. <laughs> well, you think it's going to be like, I always thought it's going to be some surprise. Like, I don't want a lot of pressure and I don't want some big surprise. It's not like that. It's like only one, well, square inch of your body is in the shower like it should be. And it's just a comfortable spray that makes you perfectly clean and feel clean. Hmm. I've seen a dishwasher work, and I, I know that it doesn't always clean everything. <laughs> I have a feeling well, like you're it, like it just doesn't seem like it should work. It has two settings. There's one that's a straight squirt, and then there's one that's oscillating. <laughs> so it kind of gets a little bit of a the a lar- little bit of a larger the pot area. scrubbers function. <laughs> Yeah, and you can feel it. You know, you know what's happening if you're getting it all. So how long? Like, I get the impression you're sitting on the seat for like too long. Boy, I don't know how long, but I I always am disappointed when I'm done (laughs) because I want I want to go again. (laughs) Well. That is, uh, that's sad, I guess. Good, maybe, for you? Ah, it's, it's great. It's great. Uh, and I'll tell you what, there's nothing better than taking the toilet paper, reaching down, and bringing back perfectly white toilet paper. You're like, wow, it did it. The thing I could never do on my own. It's never perfectly white. You know how many underwear I'm going to save? At least once a week, right? I mean, some is the answer. I don't know how many, but like some. Yeah. That's why I usually buy black underwear. It tells less stories. (laughs) (laughs) No good. All right. Um, So, so, um, my daughter, she just mm-hmm. lost a tooth. Now, okay. last week we talked about jealousy. Yes. And this came to mind because she lost a tooth at school and it just, she, according to her, it just fell out. Okay. It may have been lunch. Maybe mm-hmm. she was eating an apple. The tooth just fell out. Like it just spontaneously fell out of her head. Now, the reason I would be jealous is, I don't know if you've heard the saying, it's like pulling teeth. Mm-hmm. I always thought this saying was like, it described a situation that was like painful and and laborious. Yeah, well, guess what? It does. Anyone who's a father knows the truth. Pulling teeth is one of the best things on earth one of my favorite things to do (laughs) when i when i pulled my son's first tooth i was like this is the most wonderful thing i've ever experienced i love pulling teeth pulling teeth is so much fun so much fun and so now like a kid gets one of my kids gets like a loose tooth it's like (laughs) like i'm coming after that tooth and uh and so ellie 
I don't know if she like just didn't tell me or it just got loose quick enough that it just fell out of her head. No, she just didn't tell you. You saw what you did with your hands. That's how she feels. That's like a monster coming after her and it's going to hurt. Well, see, I don't I don't her. do it to her and uh, you know, she's going to see this show, but she did, you know, whatever. Um You've terrified her, and so now when she gets a loose tooth, she tries to pretend it's not loose. Maybe, but and ignores it and ignores it and ignores it until it finally falls she's out. Like, and then Dad, she has I to don't know what it. happened. I just yeah, fell somehow, out of my head when you weren't around. It got pulled. <laughs> <laughs> but oh man, Dave, it is my f- one of my favorite things to do. Why? It is fun to pull teeth. I don't know. It's just fun. I always pulled my own teeth, but my dad had this idea that he could do it with, he would tie dental floss around it if it got real loose, yeah. and then he would just yank it out. That sounds horrible. Real quick, and it was terrifying, because he's like, you won't even feel it, you won't even feel it. Now, to my dad's credit, usually you didn't, but one time, I kind of did, <laughs> and because he yanked it, and then- Did it come out? It kind of- it. It would have, but it, the string fell off the tooth. Yeah. And then I felt a little bit of a wrench and a little bit of a sting. And he's like, oh, it came out. Let me try again. And then I really didn't want him to because it stung a little bit. And I remember, this is much to my embarrassment, but I remember crying about it. And my dad like, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And he was insisting. And I was like, Ugh. and then I cried about it so much, like a little baby that he was like, I'm not going to do it if you really are upset. And I was like, okay, you can do it. I didn't want to be a wimp. And he did it. And it kind of hurt. My dad never pulled out another tooth again. And I would work on it. And once I got a loose tooth, I would just sit there and wrench on it. And it was way more painful the way I did it. Because as soon as I felt it loose, I would make it looser until it came out. Yeah. But I didn't want, I didn't want the string theory again. Well, I have a pe- special player of... Uh Leatherman. I have a Leatherman pliers. No, you you use yeah. that? Yeah. No. I do. Oh, dude. You're, no, what, your kids are not going to let you they do, do that. You're going to do it once? They do. I'm telling you, the, the, you're going to see a lot more of these. It happened at school. I didn't even know it was loose. <laughs> Stories come up. Now, why would you say that? Because pliers is really bad. Because... As soon as you clamp it, it's going to twist one way or the Like, you're never going to be perfectly on it in such a way that it won't tweak. See, that'll hurt. See, the string's going to slip bit. off. And my fingers are too big and slippery. They don't work either. The pliers, man, you can grab it and just pop it out. That's what the dentist mm. does. Honestly, it gives me the shivers. Well, if you ever what get a loose tooth, I'll, I'll let you give it a try. If I ever get a loose tooth, I would do it with my own self. But somebody else with pliers in my mouth, that makes my that makes something in my chest uncomfortable. <laughs> like if I'm at a very like if I'm walking a very small ledge and it's a huge drop. That's how I feel when I think about somebody reaching in my mouth with a pair of pliers. That's not like specialty tooth pliers. Th- these are specialty Leatherman tooth pliers. I have a Leatherman. I know exactly what it is. <laughs> I mean, I even the thought of the metal clamping on the tooth just 
I mean, even if it wasn't to pull out, if you just put the pliers on my tooth and clamped it, that would bother me. That would give me shivers. Well, the tooth wasn't going to be in there for much longer. That's true. I, I immediately tug it out. Mm. Well, you are... You've got... Uh, your your kids are half Wysong, so they got a little bit of crazy in them. <laughs> so they might they might be down for that. Kind of, they might think it's cool too. Sarah probably think it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, Romans fifteen one through six. Living to please others by pulling teeth. No, um. All right, here we go. We who are strong must be considerate of those who are sensitive about things like this. Now, when it says that, we're talking about what we did yesterday. Mm -hmm. We must not just please ourselves. We should help others do what is right to build them up in the Lord. For even Christ didn't live to please himself. As the scriptures say, the insults of those who insult you... O God, have fallen on me. Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us, and the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. May God, who gives us patience, gives us this patience and encouragement, help you live in complete harmony with each other as is fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. Then all of you can join together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's Romans 15, 1 through 6. All right. Nice. So, in uh, the first verse, it says, We who are strong must be considerate of those who are sensitive about things like this. What thing, what are those things that you think, what does it sound like he's referring to things like this? Yeah. And I think it goes back to chapter 14 where it's talking about, uh, you know, there were dietary things that were talked about. There were Sabbath days that they were talking about what you eat and drink and various things that some people probably at the time, were convicted of and uh and probably there were other people that weren't um you know probably something like circumcision probably also fell into this category where it was like you know there were there were issues of that day where Paul was observing that people were sort of at odds about these you know things that Paul says you know, it doesn't really matter. Um, and and I guess it's saying that we need to be considerate of those people and not just please ourselves with assuming that we are correct. It's fascinating how much Paul puts on other people. Mm-hmm. Um, where... What our decisions should be is more based on how other people might perceive it. Either it might influence them to do something that violates their conscience. And so since they have that conviction, 
if you just go around and do it and they respect you, you might cause them to say, oh, okay, well, I guess I can do that. And that looks good. And then they start living for themselves, overcoming their conviction. And for them, that's just going to uh, be sinful. It's going to cause a rift between them and the Holy Spirit, because if they're not listening to their own convictions, what are they listening to? Yeah. Conversely, if you're trying to build up your brothers and sisters, like we discussed, I think, yesterday, where we were where it was, you know, you should be contributing to other Christians. And if you're just going to go and live opposite and do whatever you want, if those various individuals see it and go, Oh, you're not, you're not someone I can count on. I don't look up to you because you're sinning left and right, because it's obviously wrong to eat meat. Yeah. It's murder. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting where it says that Jesus himself didn't leave to didn't live to please himself. Didn't live to please himself. He was. There were things that he was holding back on as well, and mm-hmm. uh, and that's interesting. It's it, now. Was this what Jesus said? The insults of those who insult you, O God, have fallen on me. So, is that like from Psalms, or is that something Jesus said? It's my understanding that's prophecy. It says the scriptures say. So that was something that said said in the Old Testament that reflects Jesus's experience that he was being insulted because of people's, uh, you know, the, because they're they're insulting God, and so therefore now they're insulting Jesus. Hmm. So, and it's supposed to, I think it's supposed to say like, this is what you should experience. Shoot. This is what you should expect to experience as well. And, and that's why we need to build each other up. Yeah. Well, it's sort of an odd, you know, I hate, I hate when we do uh, this and I go, well, I don't understand that, but you've got two sentences back to back. Yep. The, the, as the scriptures say, the insults of those who insult you of God have fallen on me. And then it's immediately followed up by such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. Well, what I read in the first thing is a pretty negative thing. Those who insult you are now insulting me. And that gives me hope and encouragement as I wait patiently <laughs> It's like, um, I don't know what Paul means by hope and encouragement, but I think he means the exact opposite of what I think is hope and encouragement. So this goes back to what we talked about earlier in Romans. And I would, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to, I'm pulling it up. I'm going to try to pull it up. But okay. it's, it's that series of verses that went in a line, right? When we, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they will help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strength strengthens our confident hope of salvation. So what he's saying is we start out with sort of a persecution that we're being ridiculed uh, by people that hate God, um, 
But what that's going to do is it's going to create endurance and that it's going to give us character. And then it strengthens our confidence in our hope of salvation. And so what he's doing here is he's just, he's skipping all of these steps and he's going straight from this is what Jesus is experiencing and this is what we are experiencing. And he's jumping straight to the hope of salvation. And he's talking about the different promises that God's giving to us, right? He's saying that mm-hmm. in, in the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. So, I mean, there's lots of promises that... I, there is not anyone in the entire Bible or ever lived in the history of Earth that hasn't been waiting for something in the Bible to be fulfilled, right? Like like everyone had some promise in their future that they've been waiting on. And so ours, ours includes the second coming of Christ. It includes, uh, you know, the promise of salvation, that we're being forgiven of our sins, and someday we will experience eternity with, you know, and really we're living that eternity now, uh, in fellowship with God, and it's it's even though that we're potentially getting insulted by the people who yeah, are it's almost like God. Paul sees it. It's almost like Paul sees it as good. Yeah, like hey, and then when you're living right, the world is gonna hate you, and then you know you're on track. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and that's when you know. I mean, the scripture tells us this is gonna happen to teach us. And that's when we can be encouraged and wait patiently for God's promises. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's, it's sort of yeah, true. That's kind, that's kind of how it works. And, and it's not the first time he said it. I mean, this has been a theme throughout Romans. Yeah. I mean, do you know how many times we've gone back to that series of, of you know, that, that series of events in uh, chapter five? We've done that probably a half a dozen times since we've read it. And uh yeah. It's it's just interesting how Paul uh has developed this letter in a way that really goes back to that same well. And uh mm-hmm. and I appreciate it. So then it says may God who gives this patience and encouragement to help you live in complete harmony with each other. Now, he threw encouragement in there because mm-hmm. the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently. So so I guess, you know, is it saying the scriptures as a standalone thing in addition to the uh in addition to the verse five stuff where it's the endurance and the strength of character, is it also the scriptures that are giving us this uh, hope and encouragement? Is that how you read it? Um, well, it says God who gives it. So he gives that to us through probably the Holy Spirit and through his word in the scriptures. Yep. What I kind of picture with this now is kind of like, well, when you become a Christian, you join the team. And then 
you know, once you start living it on game day, the opponents are going to join are going to get on that field. And that's when you know you're you're ready to play. And it's like they're going to come at you with everything they've got, but God is stronger and he's promised us to win. And so it's almost like once it starts happening, that's encouraging because here you go, you're in the game. And it says, then all of you can join together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, yeah, complete harmony with each other as fitting followers of Christ Jesus. So it's sort of like Christ came down, he endured everything and got went all the way to the cross for our behalf. Yeah. Now, what is our response? Our response is not to sit there and figure out what's not wrong. <laughs> our response is to live right. And to become fitting followers of Christ and find those people around you who are on your same team and build them up in the Lord. And guess what happens after that? Your opponent will come after you. And the insults of those who insult God will be insulting you. So be encouraged and be in one voice and one team and wait patiently for the promises to be fulfilled, which is a promise to win. Amen. It's like, there you go. There you go. That's a good that's a good passage. <laughs> <laughs> that was It wasn't encouraging when I read it. <laughs> I was like, oh, we got an opponent. I just want to live by the beach and <laughs> eat sushi. You know, I'm thinking encouragement is easy. No, that's not encouragement. You got the wrong perspective if you think that's what life's about. Yeah. No, it's pretty good. You put that together just right. Good. Well, thank you. I'm ready to get out. I'm <laughs> I'm ready to get out on the field now. <laughs> you know, when you pray and you actually imagine that you're talking to God, it does kind of melt away any other little thing that uh, seems to matter. <laughs> and you go, there's really not a lot that matters at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. I could die tomorrow. Yeah. So what am I going to do with this moment? Yeah. Be worried about, you know, be worried about something that is not eternal or am I just going to be grateful for my new bidet? <laughs> I choose gratitude for my new bidet. <laughs> And that was, I wish I, I wish I had had it and you could have used it. It would have been interesting. I would have tried it. You would have talked about it. You would have talked about it. Um, I know your new roommate, she was interested. It's all I needed to push me over the edge. Okay. Cause I always wanted it. Huh. I got my other roommates one too. Not the, not the nice uh -huh. one. Because, but I thought if I have this, well, now everybody's going to be pooping in my bathroom because they're going to want that experience every time. So I got them one and it's basically this little crank that just squirts freezing cold water up your butt and you can just choose how powerful it is. That's all it is. It's like you turn it on until it gets the right spot, wiggle your butt around a bit until it's clean and then turn it off. And it's just straight cold water. It was like 40 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, hey, you have one too, so don't come to me. Yeah. <laughs> you 
use yours. And do they like it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they've used it yet. I just installed it this afternoon. Gotcha. I don't know how many. I don't know how many deuces have been dropped. <laughs> 